0: In the name of the one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Today is all about choices. Certainly today, Betty's baptism is about a vital choice. Her parents are choosing to have her baptized and so will will make on her behalf the baptismal promises in the covenant. We'll join them in that. But what struck me in this passage, which has it before, is that not everyone has choices. The rich man certainly did. He chose, as we would say, to enjoy himself. A telling phrase because everything we know about him in this world and the next is about him. We'll get to his brothers in just a moment. As far as we know, he doesn't even see Lazarus by his gate, or if he does, only with his peripheral vision as he passes by. He sees and pursues what delights him. We can assume from the later encounter with Abraham that he had a passing knowledge of the scriptures. Temple attendance was probably the expected thing, so he had heard them. But it is one thing to hear the words, and quite another to take them in, knowing they are actually not just words, but words for you. That had not happened. Those words would have discomfited him, and so he chose not to listen. Now, interestingly, babies don't have choices. They just have needs, and so make demands and must do that to survive and to thrive. Food when they want it, love on demand, a warm blanket when it's cold, and a bath when she's dirty. That is the right of every baby, and they are designed, actually, to demand it. A baby has no choice. But as Betty grows older, we and her parents, living into the baptismal covenant for ourselves, will show her how to make choices that will help her have what she needs and to extend herself so that every child and every adult may know love, shelter, food, and care. Lazarus has no choices, adult though he is, He is abjectly poor and weak, so weak he can't even chew the dogs away. His only choice was to lay by the rich man's gate and hope for scraps when the garbage is put out. He can't rise up and take another path. This is his lot, full stop. Perhaps he too heard the scriptures at some point, So knew the rich were meant to take care of the poor in their midst. So set himself down by the rich man's gate. But we don't know. We just know that where he is, is where he is. At a fundamental level, this is a story about the choices we have made and make in this life, which Jesus says have everlasting consequences. Now, I don't happen to subscribe to an image of a three-story universe where there is a literal hell beneath our feet, the life we live here and now, and a heaven with harps up above. But I do believe that at some point, every one of us will come face to face with God, who will look at us with love, but who will, because of that love, show us who we really were, In this life. Good news, that, and bad news, that, sometimes very bad. But this story, regardless of any image of the afterlife, addresses the here and the now. Jesus did not die to show you or I how to live a good life and a righteous one. We don't need him for that. We have the Hebrew scriptures with all the prophets commanding us to love righteousness and our neighbor. And we have the laws in the Hebrew scriptures telling us to care especially for the strangers and the aliens in our midst. Those scriptures get specific enough to tell farmers to leave enough grain in the fields for the poor to gather up. Those scriptures get specific enough to tell us that debt should be canceled every seven years. And we teach children right from wrong to share and to be fair, whether we know those scriptures or not. We don't need the resurrection for that. If we are morally bankrupt, someone's resurrection, even Jesus' resurrection, isn't going to change that. Which leads to another interesting and sorry truth in this story. That chasm. That chasm between Abraham and the rich man. In case you're wondering, the rich man dug it. Day by day, spoonful by spoonful of dirt. Because every time he acted as if there was no connection between him and the poor man at his gate, he increased the divide. He dug the hole a little deeper. Even in depth, it turns out, he keeps digging. For there too, the only relationship he can imagine having with Lazarus is to have Lazarus be his slave, taking his orders so that he, and if not he, then his family can be rescued from that pit they have dug. Even in his torment, he thinks of no one but himself and his own family, and he just keeps shoveling away. Lazarus had no choice as to his life circumstances, but the rich man had choices, and every day he made them, and every single choice was for himself. Jesus tells us this story. But where and how does his life His death and his resurrection fit in. Well, his life was, in fact, a living out of the Hebrew scriptures, of the law and the prophets, doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God, as the prophet Micah sums it up. His death was a reminder that when we choose to have a heart for those on the margins, challenging the people and powers who have put them there, challenging those who have made their peace with poverty, who have no time for the outcasts or the aliens, who make the rules of the road, which keep the road paved for them and push others into the ditch. We can expect a response. We are not always or even often thanked for doing the right thing when the right thing interferes with someone else's comfort. Sometimes, As Jesus knew and as those who followed him saw, it can get you killed. As for his resurrection, it isn't to shake you or me up and make us good to somehow scare us straight. But if it's not, then why? I believe it's so that we can see that love is actually stronger than anything else that love is actually stronger than death, and that God wants really longs for us to have everlasting life with Him and each other. So maybe, in the face of the resurrection, just maybe, we might wonder why we cut ourselves off from such love when we could start to live the new life now. Jesus' resurrection is not about the distant future. Jesus' resurrection is for the way we live here and now. Jesus said in another passage, the kingdom is very near you. The kingdom can in fact be right now. Joy and community with all people can be right now. Maybe. Just maybe, if stories like this get our attention and we notice that maybe we are standing in a pit, even a shallow one, we might choose Jesus and our neighbor now, realizing that Jesus' love goes all the way down to the grave, but that's never where he wants us to stay. Renewing our baptismal covenant, together with Betty and her family, will be a great start if we truly want to take hold of the life that really is life.